Genre. Dueling Genre Productions presents Immunities, an audio drama. What a beautiful night. Yes, it is. Did you see that? See what? A light. It's gone now. Are you okay? I'm feeling a little drowsy. I better sit down. Here, let me help you. About five months ago, there was something in the night sky. Something happened to the people who saw it. And if someone looked them in the eyes, it would happen to them too. How are you feeling? I am feeling much better. I thank you for asking. And you yourself, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm fine. Or, uh, I was fine. I feel a little unsteady now. I suggest having a rest. It did me a world of good. They looked at their families, and then they searched out friends, strangers, everybody. Some people didn't change. We think maybe one person out of 2,000. So, for five months, you've just been hanging out? Shelly, I don't know what this is. I've never seen anyone just become normal again. I have to be careful. You might just change back into one of them. You might be one of them now. (sighs) This is too complicated. I'm too tired to deal with it. And I'm still half expecting you to tell me it's all just a story. It isn't! I just know I have to close my eyes now. Wait. Shelly? No. Shelly? Shelly? Shelly, don't worry. Shelly? just for a second. Shelly! Immunities. An audio drama about almost everyone being against you. Available from DuelingGenre.com and your podcatcher of choice starting in July. Bueller? 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 Welcome back, everybody, to Ferris Bueller's Minute Off, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the John Hughes classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off one minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. And I'm Victoria Cope. And we have Brian Green with us once uh, again. Again! Why do I keep wanting to say once more? That is ridiculous. Welcome back, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm having I'm having a lot of fun this week. Me too. I always enjoy, I always enjoy talking to you. Uh, today, we're talking about minute number 59. Um... I kind of, I kind of fudged it. I said that minute fifty nine starts with the von Steuben parade, but we get like that one final close up on the lips of the little girl in in the painting that Cameron is standing in front of, and then we cut the von Steuben parade. But it still happens in like the first second, so I'm going to stand by what I said. And it ends, it ends with Ferris beginning to recap the events of the day. They're in the in the taxi cab at the end, and he's like, "What do you mean you've? Seen? We'll get to that. Nothing good." <laughs> Everything good. <laughs> Before we even get there, we cut to this parade that's happening. And I don't have a whole ton about the parade necessarily. I know that, uh, well, I mean, we'll talk about it more next week when we get the rest of it. Because we only get it for like a few seconds in this minute. But the Von Steuben parade is, uh, it's actually, according to Wikipedia, one of the most well-known or one of the biggest German-American, like, parades. And the one that happens in New York or in New York City in September is 
like the biggest one in the country and they like take over Central Park and it's like this whole thing, this whole event. This one in Chicago takes place September, like mid-September, mid to late September. And uh, it's in the script that they go to like specifically this parade, which I think is interesting because this does not happen during Ferris's school year. No. But we're not supposed to think, we're not supposed to know that. You're not supposed to think that deep about it. We get to see a little bit of the parade. I, uh, I believe that a lot of this, this particular part that we see in this minute was filmed during the actual Von Steuben parade. And then when we cut back to it later, um, they recorded like the next Saturday for Ferris on the float. And they put a call out to, I guess I should mention this later. They put a call out to people of Chicago, like come out and support the movie like we're going to be filming this sequence and it's going to be this parade bit and more people came to john hughes filming than came to the actual von steuben day parade oh wow um and you can kind of i mean if you i I think if you look at the street and you look at the people that are walking by like it definitely doesn't seem as as crowded as it's going to later nobody's dancing no 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 expert choreography oh it's it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty great. Actually, <laughs> you know, there's a moment um, and it's not even super important. There's like as we're cutting and we're seeing like the uh, different bits of the street. I like that we we see a movie theater in the background. Oh, and I was about the, to point that out. <laughs> yes. And, and the movie theater has is advertising two different movies. Godzilla 85 uh-huh. and Teen Wolf. And uh, and I really Which like came, that. What does it uh, say? Teen Wolf I think... came out. It mentioned it, it mentions Michael J. Fox, friend of the podcast. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, and but no, the, uh, so I looked it up. The release date is August twenty third, nineteen eighty five. So that definitely places it in the year before this movie takes place, or at least was released, right? Yeah, because this came out in eighty six. Yeah, which is interesting. I mean, it makes oh, sense. Co- it's coming soon because, or no, it's been out for a little bit, I guess, because this is no, this is September yeah. when this is filmed. Uh, yeah, Chuck, a Chuck Norris movie is coming out. It's coming yeah, soon. Yeah, it's coming soon. Chuck Norris. And then I can't... Something, and then it says USA. Uh, let's see. Know. See if I can find that. Chuck Norris. There's also a speakeasy lounge that has a beef sandwich cart. <laughs> it's called Invasion in, Invasion USA. Invasion USA. It's funny, because actually I recognize the cover now that I see it, but I, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> That's... That's a that's a good title, Invasion USA. <laughs> it is. I don't think I've actually watched any Chuck Norris movies. You, Victoria, uh, have you seen any Chuck Norris movies? Chuck Norris is not super great as an actor. <laughs> uh, I I watched more his show. Okay. I watched Walker Texas Ranger. Oh, way I've heard back of that. when. Oh, I've seen this cover too. Oh yeah, that's it's, what they use on those joke books. Yeah, it's. Yep. Uh, like, I have those books. Oh, it's really great. I'm gonna share this to the. I know there's the another. I know there's another movie that he did that had the word Delta in it, but I don't quite remember the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, his his he's not known for being a great. I saw him in actor. Expendables <laughs> too. Yeah, they you know they had they had to make sure that that movie was clean, otherwise he wouldn't be in it. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that he had, like, that kind of, like, class, like... I guess so. This can't be some dirty, crass movie or I'm not gonna do it. My name isn't Chuck Norris. Yeah, I guess so. 
Uh, he's only in it for like a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. That's funny. The movie we were thinking of Victoria was Delta Force. Delta Force. Yeah. It was Delta something. Delta something. It's all Delta something. Okay. So, so, like I said, I got a lot to say about Baron Von Steuben. Baron Von Steuben? Baron Von Steuben, the guy that this parade is named for. Uh, he was a, of course, well, he was actually like from like Prussia? Yeah. And, uh, he, it says that he, okay, first of all, I just have bullet point notes that I pulled from the Wikipedia page, uh, and I'm gonna just go down my list. It, 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 his Wikipedia article opens with, you know how sometimes, like, when someone has changed their name, it'll say, like, their name, and then in parentheses, born, and then, like, the name that they had before. This guy has the world's longest, uh, okay, so, Frederick Wilhelm August Heinrich Ferdinand Steuben, but he was born Frederick Wilhelm Ludolf Gerhard Augustin von Steuben. Jeez. So he changed half of his name, but he still has like a six-part name. That's that's so. Weird. He was born in uh, 1730, but he's also re- he's he's typically referred to as Baron von Steuben. Um, in. June of 71, he was appointed quartermaster at the general quarters, and then later that year was... Well, well, let's let's get that. Uh, It says he subsequently attained the rank of captain and served as aide-de-camp to Frederick the Great, the, like, king of Prussia. He was one of 13 officers to, to train directly with the king himself. He then, it says... Oh, he, he emigrated to America. Um, it says the Baron, his Italian greyhound... Azor, Azor, A-Z-O-R, in parentheses it says, which he took with him everywhere. (laughs) Which I like. I like this guy, you guys. I like this guy. Uh, His young aide-de-camp, his military secretary, and two other companions reached Portsmouth in New Hampshire in December of 1777 and were almost arrested for being British because Steuben had mistakenly mistakenly outfitted them with red uniforms. So he was like, we're going to go help the Americans in this war. Like, this is what we should wear. Like, these are their colors. And he landed in, in, in Portsmouth and was almost arrested. Uh, which I think is hilarious. I think that's hilarious. That's so silly. He seems like such a silly guy. He, he went to then Valley Forge as a volunteer. Just like, I'm going to volunteer for the army. Like, to George Washington. Like, I want to join you guys. And uh, people said that uh, one of the soldier's impressions, uh, this comes from like a letter that was sent, says that he he's remind he gives him the impression of the ancient fabled god of war. He seemed to me a perfect personification of Mars. The trappings of his horse, the enormous holsters of his pistols, his large size, his striking mar- uh, marital... Marital? Martial? Martial. Martial. His striking martial aspect all seemed to favor the idea. He turned the volunteers into a great army. So... He kind of, like, shows up, and he's just this big, brutish, like, take-charge kind of guy. And uh, I think that's cool. I think that's really cool. And then the last note that I have says that Von Steuben was probably gay. It says his exits from the court in, in, uh, in Austria and in Paris were both under the clouds of accusations of homosexual activity. He arrived in the United States with his secretary, Peter Stephen Duponceau, who is rumored to have been his lover. And then at Valley Forge, he began close relationships with Benjamin Walker and William North, then both military officers in their 20s, and many assumed those to be romantic uh, relationships that he had. 
It says that because it was considered, it was criminalized at the time, the only records are, these are kind of like references to correspondences that he had with other people or letters about him that other people had sent, kind of alluding to like, is he, isn't he? But he definitely seemed to like closely uh, align himself with the uh, the young male officers that uh, that he was working with. Wow. Yeah, isn't that fascinating? This guy is so interesting. That, I, that's, uh, that's amazing. I never, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. There was so much cool stuff. Like, he's, <laughs> he's this big, like, imposing gay man with a dog that he doesn't <laughs> leave, that doesn't leave his side. I think it's wonderful. All right. This guy's awesome. I'm glad that we have Von Steuben parades every year. <laughs> I agree. I want to I want to go to the Von Steuben parade. Let's go. Me too. Me too. That'll be great. We'll take it. We'll have to It's this month. It's this month, guys, September. <laughs> I I have no way to get to Chicago. <laughs> where I wonder where the closest Von Steuben parade is like to us. Cuz presumably they happen all over the country. Because New York has, like, the biggest one, and, and the one in Chicago is is well-known because of this movie. Be interesting to find, like, somewhere we can go uh, celebrate. The The New York one happens right before Oktoberfest. Like, the two of them are part of the same sort of celebrate celebratory week, month, whatever. Which I think is cool. Okay, I think that was all my Von Steuben notes. <laughs> I, I, I learned something today, Gary. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I was able to teach some, some at least something <laughs> amidst all these all these minutes this week. Um, and then we get about 30 seconds of our trio in the back of a taxi. I like that when we first cut into the taxi with the two of them, you can already see Tom Bueller in the car next to them, like just the back of his head. So you don't really know from this angle. But I like that. Uh, I like that he's in this shot. It's a good reveal when you when you do actually see him proper. Oh, oh, the shot when we when we do see him t- in tomorrow's minute, we'll talk about it. I really like the shot from like the one taxi to the other and then back again. Uh-huh. Um, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. <laughs> First, we have a uh, Cameron's get Cameron's getting bored. And he says, "It's getting late, buddy. We better get the car back home." And uh and this is where I wanted to ask like, what what time do we think it is now? It's been a while since we've asked this. We asked it during the um ball game. That it was probably between like one and two, right? So they went to the ball. So they they went to lunch first, then the ball game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So they went to the ball game. Uh, then they went to. Did they go to the museum right after that? Yeah, we have the ball game. Yeah, and then the museum. We don't see a transition from the two, but we cut away to Rooney and to the guys in the Ferrari first, and then so, we cut back. It's the museum sequence. So. I'm looking at it right now. Wrigley Field is about, oh, it's about six miles or so from the Art Institute of Chicago. Uh, as of right now, like this, these exact moments, uh, this exact moment, it would take us 16 minutes to drive. Okay. Uh, that's, it's on the highway that runs along the coast there on the east, on, on the east Chicago po- uh, coast. But we're assuming that they took, they probably took a cab or they took maybe the train. They, I don't think we ever see them on the train, right? No, we don't. Okay. Not at all in the movie. All right. So. But this is their second cab. So I think we can assume that the cab ride is probably where they go. Right. So, yeah, it takes about 20 minutes for them to get from Wrigley Field to the Art Institute of Chicago. 
I am I am thinking that they are really they really are running out of time because they don't they don't live in the city proper they live in the suburbs they I, yeah. I think Cameron's right here they need to be getting home they should be leaving really soon yeah I I think I was gonna say it feel I I was gonna say it could be like three o'clock but I think it's probably closer to four if we have say they're at the gate let's say the game starts at like one and they stay there for an hour. And then they leave and go to the museum. I mean, how long do they spend in the museum? 45 minutes, an hour there? Like The museum like is huge. The museum yeah, is huge. I'm, well, they don't even, I mean, they don't even see more than just the uh, these pieces of art. Like, in the script, in the script, John Hughes has them explore, like, other exhibits. There's a bit in the script where they're looking at, like, uh, like a, like a, like a human fetus in a jar. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's like other things, like other kinds of exhibits you would see at a museum in the script that uh, that is just absolutely abandoned for the movie. Which I, I mean, I don't think we need anything more than the paintings we saw. Uh, I um, think a human fetus in a jar would kind of ruin that moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It would be totally. I mean, and, and of course, Ferris makes a joke. Like, I think I think Cameron asks, like, or no, I think Sloane asks, like, do you think he had a name? And Ferris says ninth month, and then Ooh. they just move on. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's terrible. Kinda, I'm that's, so glad that's not that's in the awful. movie. I'm oh, so no. glad it's not in the movie. But they spend so they spend a lot longer at the museum in in the script. Like they must because they see more. But I I think well no I don't where would that even be? That's not part of the art institute. I don't think like that doesn't even make sense. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> but so so even if they spent like an hour at the art institute then it's got to be like going on four o'clock. They've only got a couple, maybe a couple. I mean, Ferris says we have a few hours, which I always assumed meant like three or four, but that would put this too early in the afternoon considering everything else that they've done. Mm. They need to get home <laughs> because yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they got to be rush really hour close. traffic. <laughs> they need to You're, get I mean, out yeah. of Chicago. No, they, they're still going to do the whole parade thing before they leave and then they're gonna stop at like a beach and then they're gonna go to someone's pool and then they're gonna go home they're gonna drive the car backwards for a while there's too much left there's a a couple hours yeah this it's kind of crazy it's inconsistent if yeah Uh, i mean what if they uh, maybe the the game game couldn't have been earlier than one o'clock like I, i can't believe that it would they went to lunch first yeah. It's got to be like three going on four. Like that's the, the earliest it could possibly be is like 3.30. Mm-hmm. And that's if they spent like almost no time at either the game or the museum. Yeah. You guys, I have some troubling information. I don't oh, no. think this teen movie is uh, very realistic. No! <laughs> uh, I mean, we tried. We're trying. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to see if we can run this to the end. <laughs> I like, so I like, I, I, <laughs> I, I like the uh, kind of back and forth between Cameron and Ferris here. When Cameron's like, I'm sorry. I mean, I know you don't care, but it does mean my ass. And Ferris is like, you think I don't care? And Cameron's like, I know you don't care. And Ferris, oh. yeah, like, genuine. Okay. Okay, I do want to, I, I kind of, I didn't even know how deep I was going to get into this. This must hurt for Ferris. I mean, Ferris is this selfish person and he wanted to have this day off, but... Even from the beginning, he said, like, he, t- he he mentioned to the audience that, like, 
he wants to make this day a good one. And he wants Cam- like he wants Cameron there with him. Yeah. He works re- like I don't think the only reason Cameron here is here is because he had the car to go pick up Sloane. I-, I think that he genuinely wanted to show Cameron a good day because they don't have a lot of time left. And and I I don't know how necessarily how much of this the decisions that they make, like the places that they go are for Cameron's benefit necessarily. I just think that it's stuff that Ferris is is interested in and hopes that he's interested in. He seems like he wants to show him a good time. But when he says, like, I know you don't care. Like, I think that that's, like, that was hurt. Like, actually hurt for Ferris. Yeah. Yeah. And when Ferris is like, that hurts Cameron. Like, it's, it's, it doesn't, it, I don't think he's really revealing just how deeply that cut. Uh-huh. When he says, like, what have you seen today? And Cameron says, nothing good. And he goes, what? What? No. He looks right at the camera. Like, can you believe this guy? <laughs> what do you mean, nothing good? We've seen everything good. Well, it's ma- it's what things Ferris wants to see. He didn't not once, like, they ever show him ask, like, hey, what do you want to do? Like, just because he has interest in it doesn't mean Cameron doesn't. Cameron may follow him around like, yeah, I'm going to be with you because you're my friend and this is what you want to do. I think despite that, they have been to a couple of places where Cameron has had kind of good moments. Like, he he climbed up onto the the ledge at the Sears Tower and looked down over the ledge and, like, overcame that little bit of, like, anxiety, that fear that he, like, he didn't, I don't know. And then, um, and then... We literally just talked about it in last minute, like in the museum. Like he had a moment, uh huh, like a meaningful. But moment. I wouldn't necessarily call that a good time. Cameron was the one who was, you know, running up the stairs to get to the museum. He was, he seemed to be the most excited going into that. He was the one who had that profound moment. Uh, in addition, there was another point in the movie where they went to the the stock exchange. Yeah, and. Uh, in the stock exchange, he is the one doing all the the crazy hand gestures. Uh, Sloan and Ferris seem one hundred percent disinterested in that moment. Cause... Do you think that it was Cameron's idea to go to the stock exchange? But he does end up making uh, fun of it. Like at the end of all of his thing, he starts like going into those movements into like Three Stooges mocking movements and, sure. and all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then also the Cubs game. The Cubs game. He's the one who started up the 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 batter the yeah. batter mocking. Hey, bada, 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 bada. So wing, yeah, bada. And then he, and he kind of nudges Ferris. Ferris, he's like, Ferris yeah, come on. Him. Uh-huh. I like that. You know, I didn't even think about the fact that, like, that is kind of a reversal for the two of them, where, like, earlier when they were at the Sears Tower and they climbed up into the window, he was like, come on, Cameron. And then later when they're at the ball game, Cameron's the one who's got to turn to to Ferris and be like, come on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know why he's like being so mean to Ferris in this moment and saying he didn't like anything. If like some of those things nothing were his good. Idea. I think he's just, I think, I being, think he's just being cheeky, being a brat. Yeah. <laughs> he, he does smile when Ferris starts to list all the things. There's, there's a smile on his face and he, yeah. I, he's like a kid that doesn't want to admit to his parents that he had fun. And these, <laughs> these, you know, this dynamic between the two, uh, between uh, uh, Ferris and Sloane, you know, they're like the, they're, they're acting almost like Cameron's parent here. And <laughs> yeah. There is this very much this parent and child relationship. Uh, my wife, actually, when we were watching this yesterday, we were, we were talking about how, 
how much this dynamic is similar to the the dynamic of the three leads in um, a Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, and I haven't seen that. They, I don't know that. Oh, it's good. I actually hadn't seen it until last year. So uh, my first time was last year's. Uh, you should get on it though, because there is this very similar, you know, parents, two parents and a child dynamic between these this group of friends. And honestly, I can't imagine that. Uh, John Hughes did not think of uh, Rebel Without a Cause when when pairing these three together. Oh, it's a James Dean film. Yep. Cool. <laughs> oh, Gary, you didn't know it was James Dean? I know, I at least knew that. Jeez. No, no, I mean, I had heard of the movie, but no. No, I did not know. I, I think it's it's easier to just assume that like I'm ignorant of stuff. <laughs> going uh, in, going into that, I was like, Gary's probably never seen this, but I'm going to go with this anyway. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I've noticed that sometimes I give you. I, I mean, I, you're a very intelligent guy, but sometimes <laughs> I give you like too much credit. I think because <laughs> then I'll mention something that like is not necessarily from any necessarily era era uh-huh. or anything, especially not from my era. It's like something like that you maybe would have done in school. Or something like that, and like you don't know, and I'm just like, what? No, I'm confused as to why you don't know. <laughs> I, I think my first clue into that was mentioning uh, Cyrano de Borgiac to you, and you didn't know who that was. And I was like, I mean, what? that's another one that's oh. like, that's a name that I recognize, but I don't, I can't place it. I'm like, what the hell? Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> I hear Brian making sound. But I know. I... <laughs> I know, I know, Brian. This is. It's what I deal with. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be such a disappointment, you guys. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> uh, uh, Cameron, though, he is very, he's an introspective person. Yeah. Uh, as I was saying earlier, he's so introspective. And I've actually, actually know someone, uh, my, my wife's brother, my brother-in-law. He is very much that uh, introspective, kind of quiet kind of personality uh-huh. that when, you go and do something like I went to Disney World with uh, my wife and her, her family a couple Christmas, uh, not last Christmas, but the one before. And we went to Disney World and Universal Studios. We went to you know Disney World of Harry Potter in Orlando. And he's one of those. He's the kind of person where you'll be doing something with him, and you know you he won't show much expression on his face. He won't say much about what's going on. He won't say much that day about if he had a good time or not. He's but then, like, he'll come up later on in the conversation, uh, uh, much later on, and say, "Huh, that that trip to Wizarding World of Harry Potter that that was a lot of fun. I had huh. a good time." And we're like, and we'll be like, "Really? You you didn't seem to be enjoying it." He goes, "No, no, no. It was a great time." Then Cameron might, and Cameron might just be that kind of personality, uh, where he's just he's so introspective and he he's he used to like take the time to quiet. take it in. Yeah, exactly. And so. And yeah, him saying nothing good. I think he was just trying to. I think he's given goad. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah, I think he's just goading Ferris little a little bit. Uh huh. <laughs> just because he knew it would get under Ferris's skin. Because as soon as he says it, hey, Ferris is like, what? Like, like <gasps> how dare you? What do you mean nothing good? We we went Cameron, to a museum. Cameron's like, I got to look right in the camera. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> he's so proud. It's really great. I I do kind of like the. What? He kind of smirks when, when <laughs> Ferris says, "We've seen everything good," and he smiles over at him. I really like it. Like I really you, love that smile. He like, like he knows. Jerk. He's like, "I got under your skin." 
I really do like the two That's of them. Funny. Their their chemistry is so good. Can you are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> it's really a funny expression. It's like it's his so, mouth hanging open. Like, uh-huh. I really love it. I really love it a lot. He's upset. Like what? Um, it's funny because we you know, we only get that last that last cut as part of the last like two seconds. Um when when Ferris says, we've seen everything good. We've seen the whole city. And we're looking at Cameron. And Cameron gives him that, like, side eye. Like, kind of grins at him. Like, kind of pleased with himself. And then he's sort of, like... It's not a... It's not... I wouldn't call it a double take. But his eyes flick just a little bit past Ferris. And I think that that's the moment when he sees Tom. Yeah, he notices Ferris is dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, wait a minute. Because, like... I mean, we'll really talk about it in tomorrow's minute. when, When he, like, tells everyone else. But I think that that's the moment. And I like that, like, it's so quick. Yeah, if you weren't literally watching his eyes, like, uh-huh. you wouldn't even notice that he, like, His expression did, like, a, a went dart. from him to, yeah, yeah. I think it's really good. And I'm excited to talk about Tom in the next, in the next minute. Tom. Tom. Me too. Cool. Well, in that case, I think that that's everything for, for, for 59. How do you guys feel? I feel good about it. I do too. Let's uh let's wrap this one up then. Thank everyone. Uh, thank you everybody for listening and uh, and sticking with us through the week. We will be back tomorrow on Friday with the final minute, minute sixty. We've we've we will be an hour into this movie, you guys. I can't believe it already. We're gonna be at an hour already. Wow, that wow. time. No. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So come back tomorrow for minute sixty. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, all those things, and uh, join the Safe Ferris Listener Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah. Don't get shy.